The Pelicans made a couple of roster moves this weekend, and it gives you an idea of where they feel good and worried about the team. I'll explain why the Matt Ryan signing is very telling. Plus, what should the Pelicans do with the final roster spot? It's a Monday episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of shows, tipping off really a week's worth of shows. I'm excited this week. I'm sure you're excited too. Pelican season starts. Basketball is back. Programming note, opening game on Wednesday against the Grizzlies. We'll do a preview of that on Wednesday for y'all. And then we're going to be live on the YouTube page immediately the second the game ends or like a couple minutes after. Going live to do the instant recap to interact with y'all after the first game of the season. We're going to do that live instant reaction after a lot of away games and even some home games this season. So I'm really excited. I hope you'll join. And if you want to watch that, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and follow along on YouTube as well. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So make sure it is your first listen. Make sure you are an everydayer. Shout out to Dave, who I saw this weekend, who came up to say hi to me, said he's an everydayer. That was awesome. I appreciate the support. I appreciate all y'all. Basketball is back. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Get some Pelicans tickets. So let's get into the news here. The Pelicans made a couple of roster moves over the weekend, and there's one that's more important than anyone else. They, they cut guys. They cut the training camp guys who are never going to make the roster. Most of them are going to be, you would imagine, on their G League team in Birmingham, the Birmingham squadron. But the Pelicans did make a signing. They filled their final two-way deal. They have Darion Sebron on one. They have Kaiser Gates on one. And now coming to the Pelicans after being waived by the Minnesota Timberwolves is Matt Ryan on their final two-way deal. And this move says a lot about their mindset. And we'll get into that here in a second when it comes to everything. But Matt Ryan, you might remember, is a villain of the Pelicans last season. In the game against the Los Angeles Lakers, he hit a miraculous three-pointer to send the game to overtime, which they then lost, 120-117. This is a dude who doesn't have great numbers in the NBA, doesn't need to have great numbers in the NBA, stats in the NBA, because the only stat that matters from him is he's a career 37% shooter from three. This team needs more three-point shooting, particularly with the injury to Trey Murphy, We know they're trying to increase their three-point shooting, particularly the corner threes is something they want more of. This guy can hit them. You know, on a two-way deal to add some cheap shooting depth, that's a little bit hard to say, actually. You could do far worse. Is he a great player? No. Is he a guy that is going to play much for the parent club, the Pelicans, or play more time in the G League? Far more time in the G League than anywhere else. But you know what? He was available. And it tells you a little bit about the Pelicans mindset. Also, at six foot seven, like he's a wing. You, you always want shooting wings, as many of those as you can get in the NBA. So this says more to me about how the Pelicans feel about their roster than like 
about Matt Ryan himself. By the way, head of Pelicans PR is also a Matt Ryan. So we got two Matt Ryans affiliated with the team here. This signing says about how they view the wing depth. You know, there's injuries to Trey Murphy. Najee Marshall is going to be uncertain at the start of the season. We don't know when he's going to be playing after the hyperextended knee. Trey, on the best case scenario, is looking like maybe early December he would be coming back. So when you look at this, it makes sense. They need a little bit of insurance there. Kaiser Gates is a guy that they sign that can play on the wing that adds some depth to and some three-point shooting. But if it comes down to it and another injury happens, you can elevate one of these two guys, park them in the corner, and at least they kind of can function and flow within your offense. More corner three-point shots is something the Pelicans are trying to manufacture this season. There's a guy that can hit him. It's really kind of as simple as that. You know, he, again, doesn't have amazing numbers, 3.6 points per his career in the NBA. You know, last year total was 3.6 is what he what he did. So overall, I don't know if this is a guy that's going to do a significant amount of like work for the team, but he's there. It was available. You need the shooting depth. A name that we had looked at for that final two-way spot, though, was Trey Jemison. He had played well in preseason, a big bruising body that gave you, I don't know, rim protection per se, but defense, defensive rebounding, which is something the Pelicans at times have struggled with. But they chose not to sign him instead of sending him down to the G League. You know, you could have put him on a two-way deal. I was like pretty pleased with what we saw from him, to be perfectly honest. He's like a big hulking body. I kind of like that. But it must tell you that the Pelicans feel pretty good about their big man depth and rotation. You know, at the center spot, you have Jonas Valanciunas, and then behind him is Cody Zeller. Zeller didn't play in preseason, but he's a vet that just doesn't need to, and he's solid, and you know what you're going to get out of him. He can also defend on the perimeter a little bit, which Jemison wasn't quite capable of doing. And then at that power forward spot, you have Zion Williamson and Larry Nance Jr., who also is effectively a small ball five, probably more so than a power forward. So they're feeling pretty good about the depth of Valanciunas, Zeller, Zion, and Nance if you didn't want to add Jemison on there. When you look at it, three two-way spots, you have a guard in Darion Sebron, a wing in uh, Kaiser Gates. So adding a big man would have made sense, but I think they're worried about the depth on the wing. You know, right now when you don't have uh, Najee Marshall or Trey Murphy, you know, you have Herb Jones, you have Brandon Ingram, and kind of... What else? Like, who are the other kind of small forwards that you truly have guys that can play that? And Herb might be more of a four than a three. EJ Liddell isn't a three. Zion's not a three. You know, that's kind of where you're looking for depth. Jordan Hawkins is most definitely a two guard. You have Dyson Daniels, you know, who has the size to be on the wing at 6'8", but that's a guy they like playing in the point guard position to be more of a facilitator and probably doesn't have the scoring, the shooting that a Kaiser Gates or a Matt Ryan does. So they're very clearly worried about the depth there. You know, if there's an injury to Brandon Ingram, it's looking fairly thin very quickly there. And I can't say that we love a situation like that. So this move was more about insurance, depth, than it was about maybe even signing the best player to this role, I think. I can't say that it's wrong, but it shows you that the Pelicans do feel comfortable with the front court they have. You're going to get JV minutes. You're going to get Zeller minutes. You're going to get Nance minutes. You're going to get Zion minutes. You know, at the wing, you got Brandon Ingram. And like, that's kind of it right now. Other than Herb Jones, you know, you can put him at the three, Larry Nance Jr. at the four alongside Jonas Valanciunas. They did a little bit of things like that last season, but that's not great. 
there's not much depth behind that either. So one more injury or a little bit foul trouble on the wing, you could get in trouble. Now you have a little bit more depth there, and I think that's ultimately why the Pelicans went with this move. Also, maybe they were just worried about another team snapping him up and him hitting a big shot that hurts them, as he did last season, eventually leading to a loss in overtime. So coming up next, let me know what you think. Should they have signed Trey Jemison? Do you like the Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan signing? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. So coming up next, they have an open roster spot. The Pelicans only have 14 players. You can carry 15 they going to fill that? What are they going to do? I've got the answer for you and a little bit of context around it. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, I'm excited to tell you about game time. Buying tickets can be stressful. There can be a lot of uncertainty with it. Do you buy now? Do you buy later? When do you time it to get the best value, the best price on your seats? Are those seats actually good? If you've never been to the place before, whether it's a concert venue or an NBA arena, you don't know what you're getting. But game time is here and they give you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They take that uncertainty out of it. You get to view the seats, the view from the seats before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And the all-in price is shown up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. And with the game time guarantee, you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Sorry, same section and row for less. So you want to go to the Pels home opener against the New York Knicks? We're going to make it a little bit cheaper for you right now. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, LOCKEDONNBA, for $20 off. Get to a Pell's game. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the NBA season and the Pelicans here and if you want more on the NBA season, go check out the Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview because it's here right now. It's a six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked On team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I was on there talking about the Pelicans. What is this team? Are they contender? Are they not? You can give it a listen. Hear what other experts have to say about the team as well. So speaking of the team, there's a roster spot that's still open. The Pelicans have an open roster spot, and are they going to fill it? Are they going to do something when it comes to that? You know, why, why not fill it if you can? So let's start there. Why is this open in the first place? And if you're an everydayer of the show, and I hope you are, again, like Dave was, he came up and told me, I'm an everydayer right here, gave the dude a big hug. Um, it was a lot of fun. If you see me out in person, please, please come up and say hi. I'm happy to talk with you. I want to hear what you think. Dave said he took the over of like 48 wins on the Pelicans this season. He's feeling very optimistic, and I absolutely love it. So the open roster spot, why is it open? If you're an everydayer, you know the answer is luxury tax concerns. They're about $2.9 million into the luxury tax as of this moment. The luxury tax is not calculated until the end of the season. But if you want to get under it, you function, fundamentally, functionally have to kind of do it around the trade deadline. You can actually do it after that too because, well, after the trade deadline, you can't make trades. Now, you get a couple of like your team is eliminated from the playoffs. You can now make transactions with other teams eliminated from the playoffs so you can dump money that way too. But the price goes up then. 
You know, if every team knows you want to get under the luxury tax, they're going to charge you more. You're going to have to use more assets to move a player just to duck under the tax. You basically lose all leverage. It's not a position the Pelicans necessarily want to be in because, and I did a show on this, and if you're an everydayer, you know this, they're lacking second round picks, which are usually the currency, the sweetener, if you will, that you need to attach to these salary dump trades. And the Pelicans don't really have them. And you don't want to have to attach a first round pick, of which they have plenty, to a deal like this. That's just not the right type of situation efficiency with your war chest that you really want to use. So that's why this is open right now. If you have Add another player here, you might need to dump two guys or another player that's better that makes more money than dropping two guys to get under the luxury tax. And that puts the Pelicans in just a weakened bargaining position all around. You know, if they decide they want to pay the luxury tax, if they want to continue to go forward with that one, they'd probably like that bill to be as low as possible. But two, then this means they can take on an uneven deal. You can send out one player and bring back two whether that's trading Jonas Valanciunas, something they, you know, we know they've looked into doing. Whether it's trading Kyra Lewis Jr. in a first-round pick or two for two other players that add the type of depth that you would like to see this season. You know, maybe a little bit more wing depth, maybe another guard, maybe a right kind of big man for this team as well. They could go in any direction with that. And I think that's why they're leaving this roster spot open. Also, you see some cuts here and there that are kind of surprising. But it's more likely that they don't have this filled because of the luxury tax concerns. You know, I do think they're they're looking to make certain trades, maybe tinker around the edges of this roster. You know, guys like Landry Shamit could probably be had pretty cheaply. There's a couple of other names out there I think you could go and get to that would add to this team and give you kind of the shooting depth and other things that you want. I'm trying to pull up some of the names that I had like written down the other day that were really good. Um you know, Malik Monk, I think you could get maybe even a Grayson Allen, you know, you could try and go and get though. I think that might be a little bit tougher for you to do. Um, There's a couple of names out there that I think really could be options for New Orleans. And you might need to do an uneven deal where you take back that player and maybe a less desirable contract as well. At least you're in position to do that now without having to cut a guy and eat money or something like that. So it gives them more flexibility right now. And when you look at this roster, even with the like injury issues that they've had, but we're expecting Larry Nance Jr. to be ready for the start of the season, Jose Alvarado to be ready for the start of the regular season as well. You know, they don't necessarily need a 14th guy, particularly if they like their two way guys and feel good about it. You know, I didn't have Jordan Hawkins in their rotation to start the year. Do you really need a 15th player if your first round pick wasn't going to be getting minutes? If Najee Marshall was maybe not going to be getting minutes necessarily, or EJ Liddell isn't going to be getting minutes to start the season because they have like good back end depth. I worry a little bit about kind of the middle of the roster depth, but the back end depth I like and shows a lot of potential. You don't really need to go and fill all of those roster spots with everything. And so I think they're going to end up being perfectly okay not filling it. I don't think it's them going into the season with a disadvantage, even if I do think they're being a little bit cheap here. And when I talk about the luxury tax, you know, every now and then people yell at me and be like, why are you trying to save Gail Benson money with all this? I'm not. I want them to pay the luxury tax every year. But I also get why they don't. And so when we look at team building through that lens of what's realistic, you have to take into account those financial constraints that the team might be having. 
if it means they might blow up the team a year or two early or not give them the kind of run and leeway that they need because they paid the luxury tax this year, I'd rather the team duck the luxury tax right now, pay it in future years so that you avoid a situation where you're harming this team's long-term future. So when you hear me talk about this season, if you're an everydayer, no, I'm not trying to save Gail Benson money. Fire off the money cannons. Go do what you need to do. Build a new arena with your own money and everything as well. That won't happen. But I truly believe that's what they should be doing with everything. But right now I get why they're not adding someone, even if it's them being cheap. But it kind of makes sense in the context of everything. A little bit disappointing that you play at a disadvantage in a small market like this. But also it's something like a, 15, a potential $15 million swing. You're two point, say, say they're $3 million into the luxury tax. You got to pay that salary first. And then you got to pay another $3 million. And then you lose out on the 10 to $15 million that you get as revenue for being a non-tax paying team. So if that's $6 million in salary that you're paying plus on the low end $10 million that you would get, that's a $16 million swing right there. It's a lot of money. I get it. It impacts it. I'd like them to pay it, spend it, whatever. But if they can't do that, they can't do that. And so I think that's truly why you're seeing this final roster spot be open right now. So coming up next, let's, I want to look at the coaches and the growth here, and particularly Willie Green. Kind of what, what do we want from him going into next season? I think that's kind of important. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And if you want to have more fun this NBA season, you got to check out FanDuel. So snap into action this NFL season, this NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You want to get in on the Pelicans over-under win total, over 44.5 wins? You can do that if you're feeling optimistic. If you're feeling non-optimistic, bet the under. They're underdogs against the Memphis Grizzlies, but now that we've heard that Steven Adams isn't going to be out for the year, does that line change? If you got it early by betting on FanDuel, you're feeling pretty good right now. So $200 in bonus bets, win or lose when you place a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's super easy to use. It's laid out well, and there's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, the number one Pelicans podcast. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday. If you really want to support the channel, become a Locked On Pelicans insider. The link is down below in the description on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You can text me. It's really cool. Give it a shot. You get 14 days free. We're going to ramp it up this week. So if you're in there now, you're already ahead of the game. You're not going to miss out on anything. I'm going to share all of the trade rumors, signing rumors that I hear. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you don't like it, you can cancel. The show's still going to be free and five days a week for y'all. So let's talk coaching growth. This is something that, you know, I don't think it's talked about a lot. We look at players, right? Young players in particular. They're going to come in, Dyson Daniels, working on a shot with Fred Vincent. He should be better this year than he has been in the past, correct? I agree. You know, oftentimes you see kind of linear growth with players. Sometimes it's not exactly linear, but there's you're hoping for kind of growth and growth and growth. Same applies to coaches. Same applies to coaches. Think about this. When you started your job, whatever job you work now, 
Are you as good? Were you as good then as you are today? Go back. You can find it. Go look at, go listen to the first episode of Locked on Pelicans that I ever hosted. Compare it to today. You know, it took me like three, four seasons maybe to kind of hit my stride as the host here and kind of figure out what works for me, who I was as the host, the format I like to do. How do I figure out topics and things like that? How do I structure a post-game podcast versus an, you know, an off-day podcast? You improve over time through your experiences and your skills get honed and you hope that that makes you better. That applies to most things. It's not just players. It also applies to coaches too. And so I'm expecting growth from Willie Green this season. You know, when you look at some of the issues he's had, it's kind of like relying on those aging veteran players that were kind of Willie Green when he was a player, right? You know, kind of journeyman, like in the league, not like hanging on by a thread, but like not solidly necessarily in the league. And we saw that, right? Tony Snell was a guy that he played way too often. Garrett Temple was a guy that he played way too often. And instead of playing guys like Trey Murphy and some of the other young guys on the roster. I don't think we're going to see that this year. I don't think you're going to see Willie Green rely on some of like the, the reliable guys that he views as like his kind of guy. And I think he's going to play the best guy. And that's why I think you could see Jordan Hawkins get minutes early on in this year that we weren't expecting him to necessarily get. Also, when you look at this roster, those guys don't really like exist on it, do they? Who's like the player here that's kind of like established, that's been in the league for a long time that he's going to play too much? I don't think there's like a ton of those guys on the roster that you look at and you're like, oh no, this is going to be a huge problem. You know, Jonas Valanciunas is the the most established player. Then CJ McCollum. Then it's Cody Zeller. Zeller we know is a backup. And if he's playing significant minutes, I, I, I just don't buy that happening. You know, then it goes to Brandon Ingram, Kyra Lewis Jr., Najee Marshall, Zion, all of those things. You know, these guys get young really, really quickly on this roster. So I don't think you're going to see Willie Green run into that problem like he has before because they've kind of taken some of those player options away from him. It's a much more limited menu for him to do something like that with than there has been in the past. Also, by adding James Borrego to the team, it, it does help him with one of the biggest issues he's had, which was after timeout plays. You'll hear me during the season talk about these as ATOs, after timeout. Those plays where you call a timeout, final, final shot of the game, you draw it up. That team has had trouble inbounding the ball. Some of those plays have been just really poorly designed, it feels like. James Borrego in Charlotte was one of the best coaches at calling those, and his teams performed well above average in the top like five teams after timeouts. That's an area that I think you're going to see Willie Green really improve upon. I think you'll see more consistency and more intention with the rotation. You know, in the play-in tournament game, like the first sub off the bench, one of them was Kyra Lewis Jr. who hadn't played in a month. And you're kind of curious as to why that was. Now, we wanted to see more Kyra, certainly, just to see if there was something there. But I wouldn't do that in, you know, a win or go home kind of game. And it looks like at times, and they weren't doing this, but it looks like it. They're just kind of pulling at strings, doing whatever, trying to see if they could find anything to work. I think you'll see a lot more confidence in their decisions and things like that going into this year. So I'm excited for the coaching growth from this team. I think you'll see Willie Green pull guys a little bit quicker at times if they're just not doing the right things, if they're playing isolation style ball, which this team doesn't want to do. The fact that he brought in James Borrego to really help 
remap the offense, I think says a lot about Willie Green and his openness when it comes to all of this. And he said after each season that he's like, I need to spend some time looking in a mirror, thinking about where I need to grow, where I need to improve. So the best part about this is that Willie Green is aware that he needs to improve. I think that's a very encouraging sign for coaching growth this season. If they're 10% better this season, that's going to go a long way, won't it? That's going to go a really long way for the Pelicans if the coaching staff and all of that is just 10% better than they were last year. And I think they're very capable of doing that. Let me know. Do you think they're going to be improved? The coaching staff is going to be improved with some shakeups and adding different voices here to it. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Tomorrow, let's look at the rotation. Let's map it out with Trey Murphy healthy, without Trey Murphy healthy. We'll, we'll factor the other guys kind of in there as well. What's the rotation going to look like? That's coming up in tomorrow's episode if you're an everydayer of Locked on Pelicans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.